part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Check out the Basketball Podcast Network, the official podcast network for all basketball fans. Just straight up, podcast for every team. Cover the NCAA. You have original content there as well. Just a ton of great shows from dedicated hoop fans who really want to get into their teams and break it all down. Can't find much better than the Basketball Podcast Network. So definitely make sure to check them out on Twitter at HoopsPodNet. Online, the Basketball Podcast Network. Listen, if you love hoops, you'd be doing yourself a disservice not to check them out. So definitely make sure to do that. Listen, y'all, season's greetings, new year, right? New year, new me, new us, new Spurs. Um, about that. Spurs had some news here. Uh, recording this on the night of the 5th of January of 2023. I don't know about y'all, but it is still getting a while to get used to that 2023. I'm still writing in 2022. I'm still thinking 2022. But yes, we've turned over a new year. We are in 2023. And again, the San Antonio Spurs have had some news. Some good, some bad. Uh, I kind of want to get the bad news out the way first. Because I feel like it's something that's going to be more impactful to the Spurs moving forward. Uh, Well, most certainly will be. And it's kind of breaking news. So we're going to get into it. Uh, Broke earlier today. San Antonio, earlier yesterday rather. uh, By the time y'all listen to this. But for the San Antonio Spurs... Get ready. Brace yourselves. I hear this. Guard Devin Vassell is going to undergo an arthroscopic procedure on his left knee next week and is out indefinitely. That is what the team announced Thursday. Now, Vassell had already missed three of the Spurs' past four games. He's been dealing with knee soreness that entire time. But obviously, it seemed there was something a little bit more serious in regards to that knee since he is now set to undergo surgery on January 11th in New York. Uh, the statement the Spurs said concluded with the team provide updates on his return to the court as appropriate. Uh, Vassell, just 22, has had a crazy year so far. Uh, really a breakout campaign uh, for the young guard, a guy who I had definitely in my list of most improved players uh, as one of the favorites to win that award. And so it's a shame that he now will be out for indefinitely is is just that um and the spurs really don't have an incentive to bring him back anytime soon just give him where they are and i mean let's face it draft position right um but going into dem vassell season just him stepping up more as a primary offensive creator alongside keldon johnson in, in many ways being the consistent offensive creator because keldon johnson went through uh he's been through a few uh really bad shooting slumps but through 29 games 19.4 points per game uh, four rebounds, 3.6 assists. He was shooting 44% from the field, 40% from three on a career-high seven attempts per game from there. Uh, his free throws had dipped a little bit, but his assist had jumped up. As I mentioned, the 3.6, he literally improved pretty much across the board in most statistical categories with the exception of rebounding. Everything else really jumped up. with well, rebounding and free throw percentage, but everything else, effective field goal percentage, uh, overall PR, like, Everything across the board really stood out for Vassell. Career high and true shooting percentage of the season. Um, assist percentage. Really taking more of an offensive load for the Spurs. Career high 29 points. You know, a game with eight assists. Stepping up big for San Antonio. Yes, you know, it hasn't been a great year in terms of the results, but we knew this team going in was going to be a rebuilding, developing 
type team and this results don't say anything to Devin Vassell. Now, is he going to become a number one player for the Spurs moving forward? I don't think that was in his development trajectory to begin with. Uh, so I highly doubt that. At the same time, I would be hard-pressed to tell you that I saw him doing this. I really saw a 3 and D wing when he was drafted um, in that in that 20. 20 or 2020 draft 11th overall I saw a 3 and D wing a guy who fit the Spurs system more of a Bruce Bowen than a Kawhi Leonard if we're going on that kind of wing tree of of development and for him to step up and and make major strides both offensively and defensively but offensively just kind of exploring the studio space and really seeing where he fits in it was encouraging to see one of the one of the few bright spots of the San Antonio Spurs season so we definitely hope that he recovers um the surgery goes well. Again, that's slated to go a week from when I'm recording this today and that everything works out well with him and that he is good to go. Uh, and whether that be for after the All-Star break, whether that be for, you know, um, next season, you know, the last part. I, I doubt he comes back for the last part of the regular season, but the guy has been really impactful. Just really impactful. Uh, man, he's managed to reach double-digit scoring in all but one game this season, even with his knee injury uh, that he'd been dealing with. He'd reached double figures in 18 straight games, and now the Spurs are without the service of him. And that kind of sucks. How do the Spurs kind of move forward from that? I mean, Keldon Johnson takes on a lot more responsibility, which if you're a big Keldon Johnson fan or really want to see what he is as the one consistent guy to bring offense for the Spurs, then great. I mean, the Spurs get other guys, of course, but Kelton Johnson's been the the main guy in there for San Antonio alongside Vassell, and now it's all pretty much on his shoulders to be a consistent guy. Um, and you know, his numbers, despite some slumps, 40 low, 42% from the field is not great. 35% from three on seven attempts per game is not horrible, um, but it's on him now. A lot more on him in terms of bearing that offensive load for this San Antonio Spurs team. And mind you, Devin Vassell is the second leading scorer. The, the leading scorer for the Spurs is Kelvin Johnson. So this isn't anything that he wasn't already doing. It's just more on his plate from an offensive standpoint. Uh, you could definitely look at Josh Richardson to get more run as well. Uh, he had kind of had some, let's say, incongruent minutes in terms of playing for San Antonio. But now, I mean, they need him. Just on, they need another body to play on the wing. So he's somebody that's going to get more um, of a reliance on from San Antonio. Also, uh, Stanley Johnson has been a really good depth piece off the bench for uh, Coach Greg Popovich, and we can see his playing time increase for sure. Stanley Johnson, uh, so far, I mean, the numbers don't pop off the page, but through 11 games, you know, five points, three rebounds a game, a low, low, low. So low, I don't even want to say uh, sustainable three-point shooting, but 47%, and yes, we're talking like one and a half a a three per game, which if we're really breaking down the totals for Stanley Johnson, (laughs) which I always feel kind of embarrassed to say, but if we're going totals for Stanley Johnson, he's 8 of 17 from three. It's not horrible. Now, that's going to go down, sure, as he regresses to his mean in terms of shooting from three and takes on more of a responsibility from out there or more of an offensive responsibility just playing the wing position. But one guy I think is also going to get more run, more of a guard, but can definitely play that Vassell-type role, Malachi Branham. Liked what we've seen from him so far. 
He's had a couple of decent games over this last stretch for San Antonio and is somebody that can step up as well for them. Let's turn it over. Let these young guys roll. You know, um, this is a good opportunity for Josh Richardson to get run if you're trying to showcase him, see what you can get for him at the trade deadline if you don't consider him a part of the Spurs plans long term. And I mean, honestly, he's 29. I don't. So that's a guy. Malachi Branham, give him some more time. Let's see if we can get a Vassell type leap with more consistent high minutes. You know, let's say mid 20s. You know, can we get something like that for Branham? Right now, he's getting around 18. So bump it up five, six, seven more minutes. What do we get from there? Obviously, Doug McDermott's still going to get a role as well. Jeremy Sohan as well. Um, but those guys already had slotted positions. And for Vassell, this is more that swing man guard position that I'm looking at players to step t- up to. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be Kellen Johnson for sure. A lot bigger role for him. Josh Richardson as well. Like I said, I really want Malachi Brown to get some run. Stanley Johnson is going to be in the mix there as well. And it's going to be by committee. Uh, but again, the Spurs aren't looking at this from, okay, how are we going to try to continue to win games while sustaining this injury? They're going to play the same way they've been playing. They play hard on a coach pop. They're not ever playing to lose a game, but they would be lying to say that there's not, you know, a better chance now of being, uh, in that women Yama race in terms of the lottery implications of losing one of your main offensive guns. And to be completely honest, at 12 or 26, not the Spurs don't really need to worry about injuries. Like they're safely in that mix. It is kind of is what it is, but this doesn't hurt them from that aspect. So separating the team uh, goals from the health of a cell who we hope recovers as quickly as possible because it's been a great treat to watch him develop the season and really step up in a major way and assume a lot more usage than we thought and really change the, the trajectory of what people, myself included, saw of him as a player and what he can continue to become. So I kind of buried the lead here, but doing a Spurs rating up tech, up check or rating check before we continue on to the other bit of news the Spurs made. Uh just picking up where they are. Obviously twelve and twenty six. Uh they are twenty eighth in offensive rating at hundred and ten point five. They are dead last in defensive rating at one nineteen point six and it's not pretty y'all. Like <laughs> they're just not a good defensive team, right? They just aren't. And then net rating dead last as well, negative nine point one for them. So just catching up on the Spurs in general. Uh, moving forward, I'm going to have a spur of the week uh, and a spur in the heel. There we go. We'll make we'll make that up. Spur of the week and a spur in the heel. Uh, a Spurs player who obviously stood out uh, regardless of win-loss record and a spur who, it just didn't happen. They let us down, you know? Uh, and I don't want to say that in a negative way, but they didn't play up to the standards that either they normally have for themselves or that we normally see from them or they just had a particular putrid week shooting the ball or they had bad defense, whatever the case may be. Just more a level analysis on a week-to-week basis from the personnel on this squad. So that's something that's going to be uh, a feature of this show moving forward that I'm excited to kind of dig into. Makes me look at this games with more of a fresh eye in terms of, okay, what are we liking, what are we not liking, and then keeping track of that, just for record's sake, why not? Spurs made a trade. And that's right, San Antonio made a trade. Not a big, just bombastic move. It's not what San Antonio does. But the first trade of the 2022-2023 NBA trade season has dropped. Uh, dropped yesterday afternoon. Spurs trade a veteran, but not the one that you probably were expecting. 
So this was really a small deal focused more on money and cat management, not necessarily the talents involved, but San Antonio sent Gorgie Jang and a protected second rounder to the Celtics for Noah Vonley and cash considerations. So let's go into that because as it stands on a whole, Gorgie Jang and Noah Vonley, it's not about either of them. In fact, both are expected to be waived by the teams that they were traded to. Um, so that's, that's just a given. Uh, Noah Vonley will not be suiting up for the San Antonio Spurs, and Gorgie Jang will not be playing for the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Spurs are doing this to create cap space, um, and you can imagine that the Celtics are doing the same. So... Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying this wrong. The Celtics are trading Noah Vonley and Cash to the Spurs. And then, yeah, the Spurs are letting go of Gorgie Jang. I think that's what I said. Yes, basically. Um, but this is really just about money. The Celtics are over the tax line by trading Vonley, uh, someone that has fallen out of their rotation uh, with the return of Robert Williams, with the play of Blake Griffin. They don't really have any use for Vonley anymore. Um, and so by trading him without getting any salary back, not only are they shedding his contract from their books, but now they also have some tax savings as well, which if you're a team where the Celtics are money-wise, that means a lot. They save, they they stand to save about $7 million. So that works for them also. They now have a roster spot that they can use to make a signing that will probably be more of a 10-day, but somebody that they can pick up from there, whether that's a free agent, if that's Carmelo Anthony, or a player that's already established that's on the line, whether it's one of the G League players fresh off the G League showcase that's available. January 5th is the first day that teams can uh, sign players to those 10-day contracts, so the timing works well to consider that this is something the Celtics have already probably decided. You know what I mean? Uh, and all that costs Boston with money. So the cash, that covers what's left of both Vonley and Deng's contract. And then you give some more, and the Spurs are like, you know what, money. Sure, we'll take that. And then for San Antonio, I mean, this is just using the cash space they have. They have a ton, right? Uh, they still need to spend around $15 million more. <laughs> but even after waving Dang and absorbing his deal, that's how much they still have available. So this was something that was just able to help them out a little bit. Um, there's no incentive for them to save, at least up to the cap, to the floor. So it makes sense for them to do that. And netting extra cash isn't going to hurt. The second round they sent back is probably going to be so protected that it won't even really convey over to them. So it's really just about money. Uh, Celtics save tax. Spurs get cash, and now both have a roster spot, and that's pretty much what it is. But the hope is that this is the beginning for San Antonio, because, of course, we've heard players be tossed around. Jakob Pertl has been tossed around since, I feel like since he got to San Antonio. I'm being very sarcastic. But this past year, this past offseason, Jakob Pertl has been someone that's been talked about in trades, right? Doug McDermott, a vet on a large contract. Josh Richardson, a vet on a movable contract. These guys that don't really fit where the Spurs are timeline-wise and can still help contending teams with the the assets that they provide on the basketball floor. So you're hoping that the Spurs are looking more in that line and that these 10-day spots and these open roster spots they have, excuse me, these open roster spots they have could be for guys on 10-day contracts guys that are younger that they could try out to kind of see, all right, what fits, what works with the squad? Maybe a guy like a Stanley Johnson, these second draft, third draft guys who are still young enough that they can contribute, even if they're more ancillary pieces than like the next diamond in the rough that's going to be like the next franchise guy, because it's not going to happen, and, and the Spurs know this, but it gives them more opportunity to play with players that they might find fit them that they didn't have before. So we'll see. Uh, 
if that's the case, I mean, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a Spurs trade uh, show here coming up soon. Uh, hopefully get on a guest or even I'll just break it down in depth about what the Spurs can do, what's in play for them, what are some possible targets for San Antonio to go after. But this being the first move for them is very exciting because, hey, it shows that the Spurs are thinking more of a transaction sense as we approach this this trade season. Uh, actually, we're square in it. And now how can they best make use of what they have available in terms of players, cap space, and assets to continue to kind of modify this team? So that's kind of cool. So we'll see what San Antonio goes from there. But looking at Gorgie Jang real quick, I mean, not a whole lot to say. Didn't play a whole lot for San Antonio, 11 minutes per game, just four points and three rebounds. This might be the end for him in terms of basketball. Uh, 32 years old, not super old, but just not really a reliable rotation big anymore. Um, He had a couple years where he'd stretched out to three. In fact, he had... uh, Two seasons shooting over 40% from three. Uh, back in 2020, he shot 47% with the Grizzlies. In 2021, 42% with the Hawks. Um, back in 2019, uh, he shot 38% from three with the Wolves. But aside from that, I mean, he's kind of been dipping there. Uh, and his production has just declined. Is that some age? Is that some playing time? Probably. But if this is the end of a career for Gorgie Jang, like what a career it was for him. Solid, reliable big man for the better part of 10 years. Played 610 games. Uh, averages 7.4 points per game and 5.7 rebounds. Ended up shooting 36% from three for his career, which this guy was not a three-point shooter when he first started. He could knock down the mid-range every once in a while, but really worked on his game and, and, and made that a component of it as well. So, you know, he had that. Also some veteran leadership that he gave San Antonio, that he was able to give to um, Atlanta, and growing as a more reliable player with Minnesota, where he played from 2013 to 2019. So, there was some good for Gorgie Jang. It, it, I don't want to put the curtains on his career or bury it prematurely. That might not be the case. But if it is, we do want to give a shout to Gorgie Jang because he didn't do a lot on the floor for San Antonio, but he was a good vet. And as a career goes, he's had a great run. So definitely want to give a shout out to him for that. Looking forward to the Spurs' next couple of games. So Spurs play, uh, as we're recording this, they play tonight against the Detroit Pistons. That'll be an interesting game. The Spurs probably still have a chance at. Um, Spurs trying to just get back on track against this up-and-down Pistons team. Uh, They had a 117-114 loss on Wednesday to New York. This was the Spurs' third straight loss and their eighth in their past 11 games. Uh, But we'll see how they are now because the Pistons are coming into town and they just had a pretty stunning 122-119 victory over Golden State. Sadiq Bey made a game-winning three-pointer to beat the buzzer, which was kind of crazy. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic hit five threes in that game, had a team-high 29 points. Jalen Duran, who I love as a young big, had an 18-point, 11-rebound double-double. Uh, so they, they've had some interesting play, uh, not only in their win against the Warriors, but just in general. Uh, over their five-game road trip, which ends against San Antonio tonight, the Pistons have alternated losses and wins. So you don't really know what you're going to get. Dwayne Casey kind of said it best. Quote, a few nights ago, we look like chopped liver. <laughs> we have to find consistency with our focus, our energy. So we'll see what happens. Um, but the Pistons are definitely going to be galvanized off a of victory that actually uh, gave them a sweep over Golden State, which doesn't mean as much as you would think it does with the injuries they had and just how bad they've been playing away from home and all, but that's still pretty cool. Um, But aside from that, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Spurs match up. Obviously, you know, getting Kelton Johnson get untracked 
what are the Spurs going to do to limit the Pistons' three-point shooting? Uh, Killian Hayes returned, and he had a good game as well. So how are the Spurs just going to adjust to that? That's kind of what I'm looking at for them. Uh, then they have a tough matchup on Saturday against the Celtics. That should be an interesting game. I'll probably do a post-game kind of report of that game um, when they're done with that. Uh, and then maybe touch on this Pistons matchup as well uh, over the weekend. So they have that. And then Monday, the Spurs go to Memphis for a two-game set, both Monday and Wednesday. And then Friday, the Sp- Warriors will come to town against San Antonio. So this could be an interesting stretch for them. Uh, the Spurs, again, they've had a rough losing skid. But I definitely see the Pistons as a winnable game, for sure. The Celtics, probably not so much. And the Grizzlies, eh, I don't really know. But when the Warriors come, that could be an interesting one as well. And it'll be cool to kind of take stock of what we like from this team in these next couple of games. Because, let's face it, Spurs play the right way. I don't even want to say play the right way, but they can make things difficult for these opponents. I don't think any of them are unbeatable. The Celtics are probably as close as it gets for this Spurs team, but I think the Grizzlies have been up and down and can definitely take an L or two. And the Warriors have been just totally in disarray when they've been away from home. So that's definitely in play. But that is going to do it here for this latest episode of the Alamo Airways podcast. want to thank y'all for rocking with me again. Make sure to check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter at HoopsPodNet and online at the BasketballPodcastNetwork.com. Make sure to do that, y'all. I'm not even playing with y'all. It's just a great site if you're into basketball as much as you probably are checking out this show. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so if you are so inclined at CorbinNBA. I'm also Instagram to there, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. But listen, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. Stay tuned for more Alamo Airwaves coming up real, real soon. And until next time, y'all, I'm Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And I'll talk to y'all in a hot minute. Definitely make sure to check out Alamo Airwaves wherever you find your podcast. Check out the Basketball Podcast Network. There are a ton of great shows that I am happy to be among the ranks of. And I cannot wait to be covering the Spurs as they continue on their 2022 2023 NBA campaign. Until next time, y'all. Go Spurs, go.